Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So today we're starting a new series talking about community. Um, so when we started the beginning of the year, we talked about three things. We talked about we talked about a uh, culture. We talked about uh, well, we talked about connection. We talked about community, and then what's coming up later on in the year at some point is commission. Okay, so I always like to kick off the year talking about you know we just had one you know one week we talked about it, but we are really going to dive in to the concept of community. Now we are at a different place now than we were at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, my thought was 100%, let's just focus on um, community outside the four walls of the church. Why was I saying that? Because I believed our church was doing a great job corporately coming together with community mentality as the church. So my focus was, you know what, let's focus on everything outside the four walls of the church. Let's focus on meeting in homes. Let's focus on all of these variables that are so important to to community amongst the fellowship of believers. So I'm going to focus on that still, but I feel like where we are at as a country, as a state, as a county, as a church... We have to reiterate the importance of the community within the body of Christ, being connected to the body of Christ. Um, I'm going to just, I pray that, you know, you guys listening this morning, please take all this stuff with grace. If you get mad at me, please call me. Don't, Don't just say, well, you said something I didn't like, and I don't have a chance to know that or not know that, but I'm trying to communicate to the whole. But I want you to know that God's mentality of the church Our streaming, the service, was never intended to replace the corporate gathering. Say that one more time. Our streaming, the service, was never never intended to replace the corporate gathering. Now, if you're sick, if you're not feeling well, or if you're out of the state, if you're traveling, guess what? You can tune in, you can watch it, you can be a part of the service and be anywhere on the face of the planet as long as they got Wi-Fi and Internet. Technology has been an amazing thing. But we don't want it to be a substitute for what God has really designed as the body of Christ coming together corporately. There's something that happens when we corporately come together, you know, and I've watched the streams after the fact. Don't take this the wrong way, but I mean, I would be critiquing myself, but I feel like sometimes the streams aren't nearly as good as when you're here present. You know, it's like, man, that just didn't seem like it had the energy that it had when I was in the room and I was in the room and then I watched the stream and... You know, I, I, was, I was telling our team, I says, I guess I know why a lot of these recordings and a lot of these churches, they're excessively excited. Because then if you're excessively excited, well, on video, at least maybe it comes out a little bit excited. But if there's a lack of excitement, it's just kind of, man, I'm, gonna, I'm in my PJs, I'm at home, I'm just going to go back to sleep. There's no energy in the room. So there's something that happens, guys, when we come together as the body of Christ. It, it is the church that God has established, and he, he set a pattern for it. You know, uh, th- there's a whole bunch of scriptures that talk about, you know, continuing to dwell together, to remain, remain in unity, you know, and the dangers of being isolated and away from the body of Christ. Did you know as a pastor of a church, if, if, I am, if, I, if, if we just look at the principle of the shepherd and the sheep, if you are so far away from me proximity-wise that I cannot, cannot watch out for you, I cannot protect you and defend you. That's a proximity thing. 
You know, so the, the, the mentality is that we stay close together. Now, when the sheep begin to multiply, there has to be more shepherds in the house, which I believe that's where God places elders. He places deacons. He places men of God in the house to help govern the sheep better so that our sheep are protected and looked at. And, you know, if you've missed a few weeks or you're not doing well, that we can reach out to you, that we can meet the needs of the sheep that we can look out for you, that we can make sure that you are doing okay. And that's been one of the hardest challenges probably throughout this time is knowing, man, I hope everybody's okay. I hope they're all right. You know, I hope, uh, you know, and these are just my attempts. You guys listening, you know, uh, this morning, you know, my attempts to just kind of hopefully gauge where you're at. If that's not you, don't take it personally. And don't allow the enemy to manipulate a word that I said and make you think that I'm pointing you out and saying, hey, this is what you need to be doing. I believe the Spirit of God lives in each and every one of us. Be, be, be discerning by the Spirit of God of what you should do or shouldn't do. Listen to the Spirit of God over your pastor. If it comes down to one or the other, but don't say, well, I just feel like. I'm not talking about feeling. I'm talking about sensing in the Spirit what God is dictating and telling us to do and what not to do. Because I believe that's when He'll go before us and He'll protect us. And by design, he will cause community to be all that he's called it to be. So community, it's only as strong as the values it promotes and supports, okay? So when we talk about community, we have to support certain values. There has to be certain things that, that we value. There has to be certain things that we put effort and energy into. And then there may be some things that we don't put a lot of effort and energy into, okay? You know, so this morning, I want us to, to revisit very quickly our vision and mission statement, how many of you, if I were to ask you, would know both of those? Anybody? Any, does anybody remember our, uh, our, new, our new mission statement? Dog, you can't say it. You can't cheat. I know you know. You helped us build it. All right, so let's revisit it because it's super important. If you don't know, you say, oh, man, I, you know, if, it was, if I was taking a test this morning, I would fail without a cheat sheet. So I'm gonna re, we're going to revisit and look at it. So our vision here at Harvest Time, as soon as I say it, you're going to know it, is to be a home. That has been the DNA of our church for a long time. So when we talk about to be a home, the H represents the heart to serve. So you talk about what should it look like? What should our, the, the, the traits and the characteristics of our church community look like? You should have a desire to serve. The O stands for open arms. So that means we accept all people. What if they don't look like a Christian? What if they're not acting right? What if they have stuff in their life that they're dealing with? We open our arms to all people. Why? Because Jesus opens his heart and his arms to all people. We have to understand that each of us, if we really dig deep enough, you ain't as pretty as you think you are on the inside. There's things in us that, that continually need changing by the grace of God. We've all fallen short of that. So God opened his, Jesus opened his arms to us. We open our arms to others. Mission-minded. So this is the commission-driven, you know, that we have a mission, that we have, a, we have something to accomplish here on the earth. And then that E, and this is something we adjusted, equip and empower. So it's kind of two words for that E. So hard to serve, open arms, mission-minded, and then equip and empower. So our mission statement, bringing all people, does anybody else know it? Into a relationship by what three things? By knowing, growing, and going towards God's given purpose. So when we look at that, that statement there, our mission statement, it's a progressive pattern. First and foremost, we want you to know God. 
you don't know God, what's the point of pretending, right? You got to know God. Well, then when you know God, there has to be a growth pattern. You know, I don't think God just expected us to get saved, you know, you know, get our fire insurance so we don't go to hell and then just stop right there. But God wants a progression of knowing him, of growing, and then going is the doing of whatever God has asked you to do. Amen? So let's say that mission statement all together. Bringing all people into a real relationship with Christ by knowing Growing and going towards God's given purpose. So when we talk about a vision mission statement, you have to understand, guys, that dictates what we will and won't do. There's certain things that, you know, that, that's the framework for what we focus on and what maybe we don't focus on as much, okay? Uh, so our picture of community, it can be seen in Acts 2. Let's look at Acts 2, 42 through 47. And this is not the first time that I've referenced this passage and many of you have probably read this passage, but I believe this is the best framework when we're talking about community within the church. Okay, Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, They devoted themselves to the teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and, and at, at, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had every, everything in common. Okay, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added daily the number of those who were being saved. Okay, so when we look through this passage, here is what stick, stuck out to me. Here are the characteristics of community. Now you're saying, well, it sounds like you're reading the same thing, but I'm highlighting the words that, that are the framework of community. We see that there, there was, they were devoted, they fellowshiped, they took communion, they prayed, they saw wonders and miracles. They saw that among themselves, okay? They were together. They had many things in common. They gave, what, they gave as there was needs among themselves. So that doesn't mean they, it wasn't just giving of tithes and offerings, Guys, but if your neighbor or somebody in the, in the body of Christ was in need or was hurting, the needs were met. And I believe that in the community of believers, you see that. You know, I have, I've had a lot of people ask me, hey, is there anyone in your church that's really struggling or having a hard time or needs anything? I've had to say no. I don't know of anyone directly in our church that is, is, is not okay. That's a great thing. You know, I believe that that is really the, the hand of God working in our lives, you know, causing all of us to prosper when there's community established. Okay? Um, so they met those needs. Every day they went to church. You're like, ooh, that's a big commitment. Every day they met, they, they went to church. They had meals. They had communion within, together in their homes. They lived in favor among all the people, and there were daily people being saved. This wasn't just a Sunday occasion, guys. This was something, it was a lifestyle of community. It was a lifestyle of fellowship. It was continually sitting around asking questions, you know, looking at doctrinal things like, man, what, what do you think God meant when he said this or this passage? What do you think this meant? Or, you know, what, you know what's God doing in your life? And there was just this excitement among the believers. This, this community was, was nothing near dull, but it was exciting. 
Signs and wonders, miracles were happening. Every day, I'm sure there was an expectation. They got out of bed, drank their coffee, put their sandals on, whatever they did at that time, I don't know, whatever it looked like for them. And they'd say, I wonder what God is going to do among us today. You know, there wasn't this, this you know, just melancholy demeanor of saying, well, hope God does something today. No, that was not the demeanor of the people. There was an expectation of what God was doing among them, and they expected great things to happen when the community of believers came together. And God's blessing was on that. So let's look at, let's look at the difference between inside the church and outside the church, because I really want to focus on that. I feel like we do a good job at really facilitating community within the church when we have events, when we have projects, we have all of these things. I see people, you know, coming together in community uh, to really support, you know, the, the, the direction that the church is going. So what, what we want to look at community within the church and outside the church. So I believe it is, it is important that we start off by making sure that the church is in a line with God's design, not man's design. I know there's many of people that just go to church on Sunday, they check a box, it's just a religious routine, it has no sustenance in their normal routine of life. They live Monday through Sunday without Jesus and then they come to church Sunday and they hope to kind of polish up and, and get, get everything right so they can survive the next week. You know, but we have to understand that the church is God's design and we are all supposed to come together. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. In verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as some of you are in a habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching, as we see the end coming closer. If some of this stuff, guys, hasn't challenged you to get right or, or, or work on your relationship with God, man, I don't know what it's going to take for you to really get for your reality to be shaken. The fragileness of the, of the earth system, epically failing. The economy totally going bonkers. Lifetime savings and retirement all like the, like the waves of the sea going all. And you're like, oh, man, well, you know, I hope that it comes back. Those are all man's systems. It's trusting in these things that are so volatile rather than something that is secure and steadfast. But it says in that passage, it says, uh, do not uh, stop meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing. So even in that time, there was some among the community of believers that thought it was okay to just stay home. Don't hear me, those of you who are in homes this morning. You're going to want to turn the stream off, say, oh, I'll get that guy later. I'm talking about the concept of what is really in God's heart you know, once, every, once, once you get to that level of comfort that you feel it's okay to come back and God really puts in your spirit, it's time to come back. What I'm talking about is in a normal situation, it's always better to be present than to be absent in the house of God. So one thing for us, you know, it just so happens when the doors are open, the pastors are here. But I think even as a member, when things were going on, Becky and I wanted to be a part of that as much as possible. I remember working shift work. Sitting at work, I knew something was going on at the church, and I'm working security, watching a monitor, sitting there for hours, and I know the church is having a great time, but at that time, I couldn't even participate. But some of us that are, are able to participate are not. 
because of a choice or a habit of doing so, of not, be, not, of not coming. So during this time, I know some of us have gotten a little bit comfortable. You know, I've heard the pros and cons of like our, you know, doing our Zoom meetings. Some say, oh man, I love it. Man, I don't even have to get dressed. My kids can do whatever they want. You know, as long as I'm good right here, you know. And then, you know, on the, on the other side, some people hate it. They say, well, technology, I don't like this technology thing. I can't see anybody face to face. You know, there's pros and cons with all of it. But I think in this time, what can possibly happen is that we get so comfortable in the new normal that we want to stay there. Okay? So, you know, what, I, what I'm encouraging, though, is to, you know, to be physically present, you know, because there is such a reward and there's something that God wants to do among us when we dwell together in unity corporately as the body of Christ. I want you guys to realize that uh, when the body gathers together, we begin to see the full image of God's design of the church being revealed. Now, let me explain what, what that means. In, in this season of, uh, of technology advances, of growing, first and foremost, I want to stop just for a minute and t- talk, tell all the tech team, the media, the video, the worship team, man, well done. I mean, you guys do not see, well, you see it, but you have, most of you have not lived it. To what it takes, you know, like almost it's like, man, is all of this work worth it? But I really believe it is in the heart of God what we're doing. It's allowing people to use their gifts and their talents and their abilities in, in ways that are really in that they enjoy. I, ta- I talked to somebody. I said, "Hey, are you doing this because your dad's showing up and you have to do it, or you really, really want to?" I said, "Oh no, I really enjoy." It. And then I talked to another, I saw another person that was working through some of our streaming and uh, just came to life doing. He says, "Oh, this is cool. I use this at the house and." You know, you know, one of them actually put together an instructional video of how to get everything linked up on a, on a program we're using by himself. That wasn't me asking him. That wasn't leadership saying, hey, you need to do that. So when we do things like that, well done. That's taking the initiative. That's taking ownership. You know who you are. I'm not going to put your name on blast, but I'm proud of you for doing it. Okay? So, so I think, you know, let me get back to where I was. Totally ran off. So we see the full image of God's design in the church revealed. So what does that mean? When everybody comes together, if we look at the body of Christ as a body, when everybody's present, we have everything we need. You know, it would be like me coming to church this morning, super excited, but the mouth was not connected. The the mouth was not in the room. Well, it'd be sure would be boring if I removed the mouth and the vocal, you know, the part of the body that speaks forth, right? But when everybody is in the house, every part is available, but we see the image of God's design present when we see people do, you know, from the greeters to, you know, just your smiling face being here with us this morning. You're playing your part. You're, you're, you're fulfilling your role as the design of the body of Christ. And when the body's together, guess what? The whole body benefits. When the body is separated and it's not connected, the whole body pays the sacrifice. But I believe that that is a God-designed thing. So we should gather together. We should gather together often. Okay? So what we want to look at is we want to have weekday community, that Monday through Friday, not just weekend community. I know a lot of us are like, hey, the weekend, we'll hang out with friends. And, you know, and I know our schedules are super busy. 
But, you know, can we begin to foster, can we begin to build a different kind of system that begins to facilitate relationship and community among believers on a regular basis? Where it's the rare exception not to get together throughout the week. Okay, so we're going to look at also a culture of community. That's something I shared at the beginning of the year. So a good culture of community realizes that being around other believers often is what causes me to be all that God has called me to be. It's people challenging me. It's, it's people holding my feet to the fire. You know, you know knowing you guys are going to show up and people are actually going to listen to my message, it makes me say, man, I better do a good job at this. You know, if I was preaching to my dog at the house, it really wouldn't matter. But I know that people are going to be present, so I have to really make sure I prepare well and I, and I do the best thing, you know, and, you know, I know that I got people counting on me. You know, and I know, you know, and the pressure is when someone's, man, that was a great message. I wonder what's coming next, Pastor. I'm like, calm down. Don't set this, the bar so high because if I preach a bad message one week, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, you missed it this week, Pastor. Quit elevating me, man. Like, give me, just give me a lot of nice little happy medium where I give you some meat of the word and some, you know, entertain, entertainment a little bit. But, you know, it's just a, I know that there is an expectation so that there's also preparation. Okay? So we have to understand that, um, you know, being all that God has called me to be happens because people are, are around me. You know, it's like my children and my wife, they're expecting me to provide for them, to take care of them, to meet their needs. We have to be aware of that, okay? So a culture of community. So we rely, one thing we have, to, we have to realize is that we cannot do it alone. Okay, I think that's one of the biggest. How, how many of you men, every single one of you probably, have at one point said, oh, I can do this, I don't need help. And you threw your back out or you picked something up too heavy or you couldn't move the next day. Well, I thought I was still 23 and lean and mean and bulletproof. You know, I hear, I hear the stories nowadays. You get older, thank God, and I pray to God I don't have any back issues, but you've just been known to pick somebody, you throw your back out, it's game over. You're out for a week. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I don't want anything to do with that. But I've heard it. It's just like, man, you were so like, take so many things for granted. But we do things on our own, right? We, we want, we, you know, and I feel like that that to me sometimes is more of a male trait than it is a female trait. The pride and arrogance of ourselves can be one of our biggest flaws and failures. We say, oh, I got this. I don't need help. And all of our buddies around us, what do they always tell us when they leave? Hey, man, if you need anything, give me a call. How many of y'all totally ignored that when you needed help? Well, I don't want to inconvenience them. Ah, man, you know, it just, you know, but what, you know, what's really happening though, guys, when we do that, the enemy is wanting to keep you outside of community and outside of relationship and, and have that mentality of you can do it by yourself and, oh, you'll be all right. Look, you've done this much by yourself already. You don't need help. So we are going to have to go against that natural DNA of how we think and how we work for the sake of community. We can't do it by, we can't do it alone. Okay, so a good culture of community is one that not only believes in community, but practices and builds community. So are you a community builder or are you just receiving the benefits of a community? I know there's people that call me all the time or like always pursuing me. Hey, can we get together? Hey, I'm doing this. Hey, I'm doing this. Am I doing that? 
Or does it just so happen that I'm around people that are building community and I benefit from it? Or am I being a community builder? Okay? So I believe that uh, the church has been doing a great job building and fostering community inside the four walls of the church, but I believe that we can do a little bit better outside the four walls of the church. I want you guys also to know that a bad culture of community uh, always has that, that mentality, the Lone Ranger mentality. I don't need anyone's help. I can handle it on my own. You know, our culture has to support and, per, uh, support and promote our vision and our mission. And that's part of it. That's that community, that being a home, that being in fellowship. Because a bad culture can completely destroy a great vision and mission. The vision and mission statement, those look like pretty good things, right? Well, if we have a culture that says, I don't want to be a home. I just want to, I, I just, I like my little church. I like my, you know, I believe that uh, anything healthy, guys, is going to grow. You know, I, I expect people to be saved. And transformed by the power of God in amongst our services. So that means the church in some capacity is going to have to grow or it's going to have to be, you might have to, you might have to slide over rather than taking up the whole pew. I mean, there may be things that we have to do that, that, that change our, our comfort level for the sake of, of really pursuing a good culture of community. But our culture has to also support our mission and vision. So what does community really look like? So the definition of community is it's a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. So this is more than just talking about living life together. It's actually living life together. You know, a lot of us talk about getting together, doing things together, but do we really get together? Are we always so busy? Are we always distracted? Are we, you know, well, maybe next weekend, well, maybe next weekend, never, and next weekend never comes. You know, are we making community a priority? One of the questions I think we can, can really ask ourselves to identify, how are we doing within the, in the church? You know, are some of your closest friends in the church? Man, I hope so. You know, if it's just like, hey, man, you're my best friend. Hey, buddy, good to see you. And you're not spending any time. You have no community, then, you know, it's all talk but no practice. Okay, we need to actually put, in, put into place what we're talking about doing, okay? When true community is happening, I receive greater joy in my life because I know those around me, you, you know, they, they cause these accomplishments, they cause many, you know, you know, the, the greater accomplishments is always greater than the independent accomplishment. You know, I was telling the worship team in the tech arts uh, this morning, they were over here praying, and I remembered when I was in Dallas, we were there for six, seven years going to school, and we were part of a church that, man, we were so close relationally. And, uh, I, and I told them, I says, you know what? One thing that I loved about Dallas it was, was the, the community. And a lot of people got mad because they said, that worship department, it's just a click. It's just whatever. And I said, you got it wrong. We're a family. And in that co- coffee spot as we were praying, I began to see God unfolding that before me. It says, I've always been about building family within the churches. And in that moment of when we see ourselves as a family and we are unit in the, unified and we are building this, this culture of community and we're living and breathing and, and thriving in community, there's nothing like it. It is so satisfying because it really costs you nothing. If I have true relationship and community like me and Robert, if me and Robert are in really close relationship, I don't have to do anything to earn that relationship. We're just great friends. 
We can sit there and just drink coffee and do absolutely nothing. I don't have to earn his approval. It's not based on performance. We're just in relationship, and there's this community and this excitement that comes from that in just being me. What about the good, bad, and the ugly? Man, he loves me through that also. What about when I get angry? He just smiles and says, I get angry too, and we laugh about it, and we move on, it's okay. You know, it's just, I think it's just really we see this healthy community system that God is building within the church. And if we can implement that, not just on Sundays, but in our homes, in, in, in our lives, and we are, we are building this community on a regular basis, there are amazing things that we will begin to see happen in the church. Because it's the community outside the four walls of the church that builds the community within the four walls of the church. Now, I know we have a lot of families in the church, but are we just hanging out with family? Or are we extending that to not blood relatives? You know, valid question. You know, I think sometimes, you know, that's just, we've just always done that, you know. But when you have holidays, are you invite somebody new over. Well, we don't do that. Well, maybe we should start. Okay, for the greater good of community. Life is always better together. Trust me, all you introverts in the room, maybe. It's always better together. So community means availability, vulnerability, a shared life, and stability. I'm going to look at those real quick. I know I covered these a little bit at the beginning of the year, but I really want to focus on these uh, one more time this morning. So community means availability. Availability is exactly what it means, being available. So to be the church, we must spend time together. Okay, so this is real time together in community, right? You know, making time for conversation, interaction. You know, you know the word intimacy, sometimes that gets weird. But that word intimacy can actually be looked at as closeness, understanding, togetherness. Okay? With two or more other people. You know, you can't have community with me, myself, and I. That's not an option. You know, I know some have loved this isolation, have loved just, man, I can go to church in my home. I don't have to be around people. Man, that is not God's ultimate plan for for relationship. Now, for a season, yeah, I mean, I think do what you need to do. But I think ideally God has built us for community. Or I wouldn't be dedicating a whole series to talking about community. He's built us for this. So creating a deep level of community. So just spending time together does not guarantee community. Quality to the time spent together is the key. So are we having quality time together? Because we can just hang out but never really talk about real things. We never connect with each other. We're just like, hey, how's the weather? Doing good. How's work? All right, man, we'll see you next week. And I could have spent 15 minutes with you. But that doesn't mean I, I, I built community or I was connected to you. All right. So to be part of community, you have to be available to benefit from it. If you're not present, you don't benefit. You know, it's like when they do the raffles, you know, they usually say, hey, you don't need to be present to win. To win at this game, you got to be present. You can't say, oh, I got my ticket and I'll go home and hope maybe they'll call me. No, to benefit the pr- for the prize here, you got to be present to reap the full benefits. Okay, so community also means vulnerability. Now, uh, you don't, not a lot of people do not like this word. I don't want to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is seen as weakness. It's seen as something that, you know, once again, as a man, I I say how I feel because I know how I feel. We don't want to be vulnerable. You know, that's that's one of, you know, that's that's like the kryptonite in our life. We're like, oh, no, 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 let's not be vulnerable. Let's be tough. Let's look like we got everything held together and we're going to be all right. But vulnerability is often seen as a bad thing, but in the right community can cause you to thrive. 
Okay, so think of vulnerability as openness, okay? Are we open and transparent or are we closed off and hidden from what's really going on in our lives? You know, um, and, you know, I challenged, I think, you guys a while back with this question. When somebody asks, hey, how are you doing? Don't say okay if you're not okay. Now, you know, you might not have that time at that moment to really talk about it, but you can know, hey, well, man, after the service, let's get together. Hey, let's spend some time together and talk about it. But if you're not okay, don't say I'm okay. It's like the stupidest lie ever. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. Your marriage is falling apart. You just lost your job, and it's the end of the world. I'm doing great. Liar. Right? You know, I mean, that, that's really what you're saying when you just respond. But it's, it's just a response. There's no connection. Because we're built for casual, just business interaction. That's what we used to call that around the business. But, you know, in, in, when I worked my secular job, it was just business professional. Hey, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. How's your coffee? Man, mine's good, too. I'm glad the company pays for it. Hey, have a good day. We'll see you later. Did we really build community and did we really connect? Absolutely not. But a lot of us think, oh, yeah, I'm around people all the time. So just being around doesn't necessarily mean that you connect. So vulnerability, being open. Um, Mutual confession builds community. The scripture says, confess your sins to one another that you may be forgiven. Now, for some of us, now I'm not saying you just get up on the platform and say, okay, let me confess my, we're not, yeah. Don't do that. That would probably not be in your best interest like ever, okay? But God is surrounding you with with men and women or friends that you can be open and honest to. But it's going to take you risking that to benefit from that. To be vulnerable is always, it's always, there is always a risk, okay? So when we come together, you know, with our strengths and weaknesses, we, and we lay ourselves bare, we begin to see community happen, okay? So the risk is being exposed or being scrutinized for what we've done or haven't done, but the reward is receiving love, acceptance, and forgiveness from others. So if you look at the balance, man, it's so much more potentially beneficial to be vulnerable, now, I know that you have to find a healthy balance in being vulnerable, and it'll take time. I know that, that there'll be mistakes made. Like, if I encourage you to be vulnerable, you may share too much. You may share too little. You know, I think that there's always going to be a, a different variable. Somebody that is too transparent, too quick, kind of freaks me out. You're like, hey, let me talk to you. Hey, what's up? Well, I just did this and this and this, and I had this issue. I was like, I don't even know you. I was like, you got more guts than 95% of the church, though. 95% too high, or is that a good number? Maybe? 90? Where are we at? 80? 75. That's some buy-in for somebody. Maybe 75, okay? You know, you know, just that transparency, that boldness, because you see people that are one side where they don't care what people think, but they're truly concerned about getting help. You see, that's one of the biggest things when people change. You know, what do they say? Hey, the biggest thing to changing something in your life is first what? Identifying that you have a problem. So those people know they got a problem. Everybody's seeing the problem. They just expose it themselves. Hey, it's what's going on. And, but sometimes you see the biggest change in their life quicker than maybe the Christian who's been hiding everything and not sharing his heart and not being vulnerable that's hidden everything, never changing and dealing with that for a lifetime. So find some good friends around you that you can trust. More than likely, most of them have done, dealt with the same thing anyway but the enemy wants to make you think that you're the only one that has dealt with it. I need to move on, but I believe God's wanting to do something in that topic. If we expect to gain community, but we flee vulnerability, we will never have it, guys. That's going to be something that we have to pursue. 
Community means a shared life, okay? Uh, this is a close connection with, with availability, but it goes way beyond just being around others. So our, our life is made up, if we look at it, our life is made up of time, okay? So if you want to look at it that way. So if we, ha- if we want a shared life, we have to spend time with other people, okay? So time and resources must be shared. So basically, our checkbooks and our schedules can be a good gauge of our priorities. You're like, no, oh yeah. Where do you spend your money, you know, and where do you spend your time? Those two things tend to be the things that you value uh, the most, okay? So how you spend your time reflects your priorities sometimes or most of the time, okay? Some of y'all are going to go home and look at your checkbook and say, like, ooh, I love to eat, right? Or I love all my subscription accounts lately, right? Your Netflix, your Hulu, your all of your above. All, all of a sudden, you're paying as much as DirecTV anyway of all your subscriptions. So you'll see those priorities, those things you value by what you pay for, okay? Um, community means stability. So let me cover this real quick and we'll wrap up and we'll get out of here. So this is where you grow and your roots go deep when I talk about stability. So, so to truly experience community, we need to be rooted somewhere among some people. And guess what? That's the church. God wants you to be around the fellowship of believers. He wants you to be a part of a community. And what we have to do, guys, we have to, if we are constantly moving around to green, greener pastures, I know people who, I don't like this word, but I'm going to call it like it is, church hoppers. They go from one church and they say, ah, oh, you know what, you, pre- you preached an offensive message that week, or you said something on the stream I didn't like, so I'm not going to that church, whatever, you know, whoever, whatever. So for whatever reason, you found something you didn't like, and you're like, ah, I didn't like it, rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe it challenged me to grow, and I don't like that. I didn't like that vulnerable topic, so I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to jump over here to this other church. Well, then I uproot myself, and my roots never go deep, and I start all over. So when I start all over, what that builds is a shallow root system with no stability. I have to stay somewhere long enough, seated and planted so that I grow, and my roots go down deep, and that's what causes stability. Now, I don't know if any of you had any trees fall over in this storm, but there were some that fell. But I'll tell you what, the ones that stand firm through the test of any storm, they have immaculately deep root systems. You know, I got an oak tree in my backyard. I mean, that is the best tree on my whole little block. I look left, I look right, I say, man, I got, I got this tree on my yard. Now, some of the ones to the left and the right, I get nervous. They're those water oaks, or they were, they've grown like this. For whatever reason, I hope they were set at the, the actual 90 degrees, but they did not grow at the 90 degrees. They're running at a 45, and, you know, they have a root system, but they're at risk, right? And I guess it's deep enough because they haven't fallen, right? So if we're constantly moving on, if we're not staying planted, you know, if we're not uh, getting the nurture we need from staying connected at a church long enough, we'll never grow those roots, so you can't, this can't happen on the fly. So listen to this. You must be placed and planted in order to produce. You got that? Three Ps, right? You got to be planted and placed in order to produce. You can't uproot yourself. You know, even if, you know, you know when you put a plant in a small pot, it'll never grow to its full potential till you put it in the earth. It just won't. Same thing with fish. They'll never outgrow their aquarium. You put that fish out in the ocean where it belongs, and it will thrive, and it will grow to, to full capacity. So in the right environment, things can thrive, and that's what I'm telling you guys this morning. When you are in the community of believers like God has designed, you will thrive, and you will grow, and the church will be all that God has called it to be. 
So will you be available? Will you risk being vulnerable? Will you share your life with others? Will you stay connected to the community long enough to experience the stability that comes with growth and depth in your relationship with God and others? The question is up to you. The applying the application is up to you. Because the church will be here. I'm going to encourage the staff. I'm going to encourage the leaders. We are here for you. But you have to also make yourself available to benefit from all that God has called you to. Amen? To reap the benefits of community, you have to be available. So in closing, I'm going to invite Cecily up. We're going to, we're going to just sing one more song. And I'm just going to believe that as we continually talk about community, that we would begin to see community unravel before us. Maybe we see very narrow right now in what community really looks like. But I pray that as we talk about it, we wouldn't just talk about it, but we would be about it. That we would learn what it is to really walk in community like God desires us to. I think even for me, man, I need to have more people over to the house. Not just my, my main relational basis should not just be based on my Sunday morning talking to all of you. Because am I really building close relationship with you right now? Not as close as God would want. Now, can I build relationship with all of you? Probably not. But just like I'm asking you to have a community of relationships in your life that you thrive with, i got to have that too even as a pastor of the church. Because it is easy kind of for me to isolate myself to some degree. You know why that is? Oh, well, we don't want to bother pastor. He's too busy. And I let y'all do that, but I don't reach out to you. Well, then nobody bothers me. Nobody calls me, and I don't call out to anybody else. And then I go a whole week without connecting with anyone without doing my part to build community. So I'm going to encourage you guys. You guys stand up with us. Uh, I'm going to encourage you guys to, that man, you are allowed to benefit from the community in our church. But I'm asking you to contribute to the community of our church. Be all in. If you've never committed to a church, like, like you hear me asking you to, try it out. And I know looking across here, most of you guys are members of this church. But maybe some of you watching today said, man, I've never committed to a church. To me, it's, you know, there's too many problems in the church. Hey, guess what? There's no perfect church. You get close enough, you stay long enough, you're going to see the good, bad, and ugly. But the rewards and the benefits of living in community will supersede any issues if we allow God to continue to lead us and guide us and to create a true culture of community. Amen. So I'm encourage you guys this week. Maybe invite somebody over. Ask yourself these questions about availability, vulnerability. Am I living life with other people? Am I staying connected to the church enough to grow? And evaluate yourself. Maybe some of these areas God is going to really encourage you to realign. But I believe that as we ask God, He will respond. And he'll speak to us and he'll show us what we should do in every area of our life. Let me pray for you and we can get out of here, okay? Father, I thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. And I ask that uh, everyone under the sound of my voice, Father, would just be welcomed into the community of Christ. Father, I thank you that we can dwell in a spirit of unity because your spirit lives in each and every one of us. 
Father, and you have, have enabled us to, to build community. So, Father, I pray that we wouldn't just uh, benefit from community, God, but that we would build community in the church. That each of us would be pers- take that as a personal responsibility in doing and being all that you've called us to be. Father, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.